Welcome to That Voice Podcast. I'm your host, Sally Prosser. If you're looking for voice, speaking and confidence tips with a splash of spirituality, you are on the right frequency. Welcome to a brand new season of That Voice Podcast. And this is one I know you've been waiting for. During the podcast break, I travel to the UK to a little town called Hereford, which is about three hours west of London, to attend a Vipassana meditation course. In this episode, I'm going to share what it is, why I found it so incredibly difficult, and the big life lessons I took away from it. So let's set the scene. I told a lot of people I was going on a silent retreat. Now, let's be clear. The word retreat should not be used anywhere near the vicinity of this experience. It was more like a meditation boot camp. It was a 10-day course to learn a meditation technique called Vipassana, which on a very high level, it's tuning into the physical sensations in your body and not reacting. The itching, the burning, the pain, not reacting, showing neither aversion or craving. And the idea is to change the habit pattern of the mind on a subconscious level. So you face life's problems in a calm and balanced way. It's quite beautiful. Now, I went to a pretty strict all-girls Catholic school and the code of discipline there had nothing on this. Let me get my little booklet out and read you through some of the rules. I'm not reading the whole thing. That would take too long. I'm giving you the overview. So it starts with the precepts. And we had to undertake the following five precepts so that we had to abstain from killing any being. There were little plastic cups that were insect catchers in the room. (laughs) Luckily, there were not really any insects. Uh, Abstain from stealing. The only thing I really wanted to steal was my roommate's car keys so I could get the hell out of there. Uh, Number three was abstain from all sexual activity. Hmm, I may have had a couple of self-pleasure moments to get me through. Mm. Um, To abstain from telling lies. I stuck to that one. To abstain from all intoxicants. Oh my gosh, I needed it. However, I did abstain. And what else was there? So there was... Silence, of course, noble silence, silence of body, speech and mind. So that was all forms of communication with fellow students. So that was gestures, sign language, written notes, all prohibited. Keep in mind, you could speak to the centre managers and the staff if there were an issue with the bathrooms or your food or things like that. It was just mainly with each other. Men and women completely separated. No physical contact whatsoever. I'm such a hugger. This was so hard. No yoga or physical exercise. Just slow walking around this like little wood type thing. As we're going through this, you might be getting a bit of an understanding about why I found it so challenging. So, of course, there was no intoxicants or drugs, no tranquilizers or sleeping pills or other sedatives. Again, don't really take those, but thought about it while I was there. No tobacco. Um, The food, the food was beautiful, actually. It was all vegetarian, so no meat and also no dinner. So there was no eating 
Uh, we could have a bit of fruit at 5 p.m., but pretty much we had our breakfast at 6.30 a.m. and our lunch at 11.30. I'll take you through the um, timetable soon. Um, but then you didn't eat again until 6.30 the next morning. So, yes, a little bit hungry on some of the days. The clothing was uh, simple, modest and comfortable. So if you had leggings, I had some leggings, you had to have a long uh, dress that went over the top of that. Uh, sunbathing was not permitted. Luckily, we were in the UK in winter, so there was no temptation of that. There was no outside contact throughout the course, no music, no reading, no writing. It was a lot. It was a lot. Now, let me take you through the daily schedule. This is the timetable. Get this. Are you ready? 4 a.m. morning wake up bell. There were bells constantly. I almost had PTSD from the sound of the bells going by the end. All right. 4 a.m. morning wake up bell. 4.30 a.m. to 6.30 a.m. Meditate in the hall or in your room. 6.30 to 8. Breakfast. 8 to 9. Group meditation. 9 to 11. Meditate in the hall or in your room, depending what the teacher instructed. 11 till 12. Lunch break. 12 to 1, rest, and you can have an interview with the teacher. I'll share a bit later on that I did have an interview on day 6. 1 to 2.30 p.m., meditate in the hall or in your room. 2.30 to 3.30, group meditation. You're getting the theme here. 3.30 to 5 p.m., meditate. 5 to 6, tea break. This is where you got a bit of tea and a piece of fruit. 6 to 7 p.m., group meditation. 7 p.m. to 8.15, something a bit different. It was the teacher's discourse. So it was a, a video uh, from 1991, which showed some teachings from a uh, guru, Gwenka. So he, uh, they were quite interesting. They, that was the, my favorite part of the day. Then after that, guess what? It was more meditation. So we had meditation from 8.15 till 9.00 p.m. Then at 9.00 p.m. you could ask questions if you wanted at the front. Uh, but, you know, me and many other people were out of there and retired to the room lights out. So as you can hear from that, that is like 11 hours of meditation every day. Now, I knew all this going in. I knew what the timetable was. I knew the code of discipline. I knew it all going going in. Knowing it in theory is very different to living it in practice. And I guess I wasn't prepared for how suddenly it all started. You know, one minute we're eating soup in the dining hall and the next minute someone's reading off a folder a bunch of rules. The dividing petition thing is pulled between the men and the women in the room we march up to the meditation hall and it began. Not on day one, on day zero. So the mental shock of beginning a 10-day course before day one was where it all began. You know, this experience was a direct assault on everything that gives me life. I thrive on connection and expression and there was no communication of any kind, no speaking, no eye contact, no passing notes. I love moving my body. I'm not a fitness freak or anything, but I'd love moving my body. There was no exercise, not even yoga. I aim to stand out. You know, I'm all about that main character energy 
And this was all about blending in. I'm a Spotify junkie. I can't even work without background music. And the only sounds were the clinking of cutlery on plates and the sound of a leaf blower on a neighbouring property. Annoying for most, for me, like bees to honey, I clung on to these auditory delights. All right, so what a great personal challenge for me. You'll notice I started all those sentences with I, 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 I. So what a great exercise to strip away some of the ego and do work on my mind. And I should mention it's free. You're actually only allowed to donate once you've completed the experience and have the volition to pay it forward and pass the experience on to someone else. It took me over a week to put my donation in, mainly because until then, my feeling was to pay people to stay away. To pay people to never put themselves through this. <laughs> and it's taken me, you know, days of integration to feel into the realization that just because something is difficult and unpleasant doesn't mean it's not valuable. And everybody has a different experience. You know, I'm the one always saying there's no growth in the comfort zone and no comfort in the growth zone. And holy shit, I took my own medicine. I struggled from day zero to day 11. As mentioned, it wasn't really a 10-day course. It started the night before quite suddenly. And on day 11, there was still another two hours of meditation from 4.45 a.m. in the morning, which I almost hyperventilated through because I honestly thought it would never end. I was at a point where I felt like if I never meditated again in my life, it would be too soon. I never settled into it. I never enjoyed it. I wanted to leave every single day. It was unrelenting. And this is where the universe helped me out. You know, if I was doing it in Australia, I would have called Patrick on day two. He would have come straight to pick me up. And that would be it. We would never have spoken of it again. I was in a situation where the logistics of leaving became more challenging than the pain of staying. You know, we were in the English countryside in the middle of nowhere. I mean, I could have called a taxi and got to the train station and then travelled to London to stay with my sister. She's a next level neat freak. She's a Virgo. And so then I'm thinking, okay, what's worse, being here or staying with my sister? <laughs> so I started running the sums on accommodation costs. And I'm like, oh, you know, accommodation in London, it's really getting up there. I thought about calling another friend who lived about three hours away. And it got a lot darker. You know, I thought about things that I will not share publicly. Things that would have got the place evacuated. As much as I wanted to leave... I muscled up and refused to. That's kind of why I fantasized about there being a forced end to the whole thing. Because at the end of the day, the hardest thing would have been to look in the mirror at a woman who gave up because she couldn't hack 10 days of doing nothing. God, ironically, my ego kept me in a course that was designed to help you release ego. <laughs> you know, it was all about coming out of your misery. When for me... The misery only started when I got there. Like, my life is so unbelievably fabulous. A lot of people went there because they were going through a really hard time. There was a real trauma or a difficulty that they were going for. For me, 
I have an amazing partner. My family's well. I have a highly successful business doing what I love. I'm healthy. I was one of the lucky ones who nabbed Taylor Swift tickets. You know, why did I dive from this platform of perfection into this pool of misery? This is what I was asking myself. I was bored. I was lonely. And I was so sad. I walked out of one of the meditations because my back was killing me. 11 hours of meditation every day, I'll do that. And so I just did a little child's pose on the carpet outside the meditation hall in the foyer type area. And I started taking deep breaths because I could just feel myself losing it. And then one of the center managers was like, sorry, you can't stretch here. And I choked out, where are we supposed to stretch? And she's like, in a very all too happy tone, oh, in your room or in a quiet place. In my mind, I was like, this is a freaking quiet place. Anyway, this interaction broke me. You know, when you're at the point where the smallest comment can be the mouse that sinks your boat? Well, I certainly wasn't doing anything that floated my boat. Anyway, so I went to my favorite toilet cubicle and bawled my eyes out, just cried for the next hour or something. Every cell in my body was rejecting the rules. I felt like I was underwater and I couldn't breathe. So on that day, that was day six, I decided to go and speak to the teacher at lunch. You could do that between 12 and 1. And I sat down and I said, I'm really struggling. I'm really struggling here. And... She pretty much said, well, you know, you're here to work on your mind and I have a lot of people to see. So, you know, off you go. I mean, that was true. You know, so I stumbled off completely uncancelled into the little woods area. And thank God I'm a master coach and was able to draw on all my own knowledge to self-soothe and get my head in a place where I didn't have a complete breakdown and jump the fence. One of the days poured rain that beautiful English rain day eight I think and I stood in the little clearing near where we could walk like a statue the rain cascading off my little purple umbrella tears cascading down my face and I didn't move I didn't blink I must have been there for about half an hour It's like someone hit pause in the Matrix and my character had been completely taken out of play. If a random had come across me, they may have mistaken me for an art installation. I can just see it now. Woman in rain. (laughs) The, The sadness and sense of hopelessness I felt was completely disproportionate to the reality of the situation. I mean, sure, we couldn't speak or make eye contact or read or write or exercise. At the same time, we weren't being physically harmed. There was a warm shower and an ice bed. So why was I feeling so incredibly sad? I felt like one of those whales stuck in a tank swimming round and round and round with no way out. 
why was I so sad? Why did the tears keep flowing? Maybe in a past life I was silenced and the experience caused dormant trauma to resurface. It triggered it. Maybe it's because it was the new moon in Scorpio. And for those into astrology, you'll know it was a freaking intensely emotional new moon. (laughs) Maybe I was desperately lonely. Maybe that sadness and grief was exactly the emotion I needed to clear. Maybe I was just being a little sooky crybaby. Maybe this style of work just didn't suit me. Maybe I'm not spiritually advanced enough to have gone to the depths of my subconscious and successfully untether myself from craving and aversions. And maybe it's time to stop overanalyzing everything we do and feel. And maybe there is no need to even figure out why I felt that way. Rather, just accept that I did. I've had time to reflect and integrate. And the three big lessons, which were more reminders, were as follows. So the first big lesson was about the power of discipline. Do you finish things you start? And is it worth it? Like that was the question I was asking myself as I was grinding through those 10 days of silence. By day two, I was counting down those days and I was really struggling. You know, we live in this age of information overload, which is creating a discipline deficit. I know I'm not alone in starting an online course and not completing it, beginning one task and getting distracted by social media, opening a page of a book and not reading the rest. And so at this meditation course, I was drawing upon all the times in my life when I had that discipline to finish what I started. I thought about as a swimmer growing up, the 100 meter butterfly race, I was a butterfly, you know, by the last 20 meters, I was like, I could hardly get my head out of the water (laughs) yet. My whole body was just hurting. I kept going. And every time I touched that wall, worth it. I thought about finishing my law degree and how I decided I didn't want to be a lawyer. So those last few subjects, those last few assignments were a real push. I got there. I graduated. Worth it. And so I pushed through those 10 days of no speaking, no reading, no writing and all of that meditation. And I can say, having done it, well and truly worth it. Discipline is underrated. Just because something is hard, mentally, physically, emotionally, doesn't mean there isn't value to it. Quite the opposite. The biggest rewards come from the most challenging processes. You know, I see the soul speakers who have the discipline to come to the coaching calls and do the work. They're the ones reaping the rewards. And there's that great quote by John Maxwell that says, motivation gets you going, but discipline keeps you growing. How good's that? Motivation gets you going, discipline keeps you growing. So my second big takeaway was around a perspective and gratitude. Despite feeling so awful, I needed to get a grip. 
If I wasn't crying, I was slapping myself in the face saying, wake up to yourself. You know, there are so many people who would love the opportunity to fly to the other side of the world, business class, mind you, and take part in this course. You know, I heard one woman say she's used up all of her leave to do this. I run a successful business doing what I love. I have ample time freedom. I have a healthy body. I have an amazing apartment, a brilliant family, a phenomenal man who literally tells me I'm a beautiful queen every single day. Like, I cannot think of a single part of my life that is not amazing. And I actually credit my gratitude practice to feeling that way. And so much of that comes with the incredible privilege I have. I'm absolutely eyes open to that. And the perspective gratitude factor, I call it the PG approach, the perspective gratitude factor, it's an approach that works wonders with public speaking fears. Like you literally cannot be fearful at the same time as being grateful. And if you check out episode 143 of That Voice podcast, you'll hear more about how to use this incredible technique to overcome fears around speaking. And the surprising thing was over those 10 days was how little I actually thought of my business. You know, I thought I'd be devising plans for my funnel and creating new coaching programs. And while I did, of course, think of it and think of you, my clients, my audience, it wasn't at the forefront of my mind. Like I thought I'd leave itching to get back on emails and creating content. And that isn't what happened. I thought way more of my friends and my family than I did of my work. So I learned the value of discipline, the importance of being grateful and having perspective. And most of all, I learned about myself. Isn't that life's great project? Learning who we are. (laughs) I learned what I don't like doing and what I like doing. You know, I often ask clients, what do you do for fun? What do you like doing? What do you want? And sometimes they can't answer. They don't know. And I've been in that position in life where I was just doing all the things because isn't that just what you do without stopping and getting clear on what you actually want, what brings you joy. There are so many hours in a day. Believe me, stop reading, writing, talking, exercising and meditate for 11 hours a day and you will discover how much time we have. So why are people running around saying they never have enough time and they're always busy and yet not spending those precious hours being in alignment with your soul's purpose and values and doing things that light you up? So this is a personal account of my unique experience. And I hope you appreciate my honesty with this. It would have been so easy to say, oh my God, it was amazing. I really found my Zen connected with my soul. I'm keeping it real with you. And I need to make it clear that every person has a different experience with Vipassana and the majority of people really loved it. I'm not even joking. People were there on their second, third, eighth time. One woman said she she wanted to hide in the cupboard so she didn't have to leave. Another described it as simply wonderful. So there I am cautiously nodding with wide, surprised eyes, wondering if they'd been given a drug I missed the rounds on. But no, people do this for 30 and even 45 days. Some monks live like this as a way of life. 
This was just my experience. Would I recommend going? I'd be super clear on your reasons for going. If I'm being completely honest with myself, I don't know if I would have done it without the ability to do what I'm doing now, which is to share about it. I enjoy taking on challenges and having experiences largely so I can talk about it with you. Is that reason bad? I mean, most people wouldn't even know what a Vipassana meditation course is without hearing it on a podcast like this or seeing a YouTube video or a social media post. And I believe one of the biggest gifts of service is to share your story with others. You know, I'm always encouraging my clients to step out of their comfort zone and experience the magic that comes from doing that. You know, challenging themselves to try something outside the story of their identity. And I believe any coach worth investing in is someone who not only talks the talk, but walks the walk. They embody what they teach. And I'm proud to say that's what attracts most of my clients to me, the energy of embodying my message. For me, you know, I thought those 10 days would be out of my comfort zone for sure. Whoa, (laughs) it was a giant leap outside my comfort zone. And while at the time it was so hard, you only needed to watch my TikTok or Insta story I filmed on the last day to see the raw emotion I was feeling. The story has expired. The TikTok is still there at Sally Prosser Voice. I see now that the size of the leap outside the comfort zone, the size of the leap equates to the size of the growth. And right now, I feel more peaceful and more powerful than I ever have in my life. So I say to you, be brave. That might be venturing into a Vipassana. It might be posting that video on socials. It might be finally signing up to Soul Speakers and saying yes to growing your speaking skills, saying yes to being seen, jolting yourself off pause in the matrix and declaring yourself as a player here to make a difference. Whatever it is, I would encourage you not just to push the edges of your comfort zone, but to take a giant leap out of it. We've got one life, one opportunity in this human suit to give it a crack. And even though I had a lot of people, friends and family saying, Sal, are you crazy? Why on earth would you go and do something like that? I will continue embarking on my crazy adventures because I see the growth. I feel the frequency rising and every time I do one of these things, whether it's climbing the snow-covered mountain in my underwear or running nude into the water at the winter solstice in Tasmania or doing a 10-day Vipassana meditation, every time I come out of one of these things, I feel like I'm springboarding into my next level life. So don't sit in your comfort zone. Don't push the edges of your comfort zone. Don't step out of your comfort zone. Take that leap. Take that leap. If you have any more questions about my Vipassana meditation experience, my DMs are open at Sally Prosser Voice, especially if you're a soul speaker. If you're not, come and join us. I'll put the link in the show notes. 
And this is the first episode for a brand new season of That Voice podcast. So I will be back with you next week. Thanks for listening to That Voice Podcast. If this episode resonated with you, please share it on social media and tag me at That Voice Podcast on Instagram and at Sally Prosser Voice everywhere else. And for episode details straight to your inbox, leave your email at www.thatvoicepodcast.com.